My name is Kenda Anderson, and I am a candidate for Detroit City Clerk. Please share your Detroit background and relationship to Detroit. Your history of being a Detroiter. Okay, I've, I'm a, I would say a long life Detroiter. I went to all Detroit public schools. I graduated from Wayne County Community College right after high school. And then I also, I stayed here. I left Detroit probably for nine years. And that was only because I got married. You know, married, divorced, come back. You know, you want to be a part of all the change. So 2013, when um, Detroit was going through a whole lot, you know, it was prior to, um, it was right actually after the bankruptcy. And um, I had to leave Sterling Heights. So I was like, I'm going to just buy a house. And someone told me it was a $5,000 house. Jump right into it. Um, I had boards on my windows for a while, but I started a nonprofit in 2009, and that was because I, I saw the issues that our kids were having. I, I knew I wanted them to deal with education at a different light, and so that's why I started Inner City Youth Group. So that was the first organization that I started, and that was just to engage our people. The first summer camp that I ever started with the kids, it was 19 kids. And then the following year it was 54. Then it was 128. So it, it grew significantly. And so when I saw that, I had to add a twist with it with after school. And it was just me engaging our kids in terms of education. So they'll be able to move on out of Detroit and do more. And so that's why I brought in the whole thing with um, college tours. That meant a lot because our, a lot of our Detroit kids stay inside Detroit. They never go outside. So I, I wrote a grant to this Community Connections, which is wonderful. They allowed our kids to see the exposure outside of Detroit overnight. You know, they didn't pay for the, the housing overnight, but they were able to let our kids see a different experience. And and now I see a lot of kids, they, they went to college, they came back, they harassed me still, but it's there, you know. Tell the story of what led you to run for office. Oh my goodness, you do not want me here all day, but I will give it to you, okay? So when I look at Detroit, we have, uh, as everyone noticed, a 15% voter turnout rate in the primary. Then we got a 25 to 27% turnout rate in the general. When I look at that, it's, it's unacceptable. You think about that, it's terrible. And people ask me, well, last year we had 49% voter turnout in the general. Yeah, we did. But we had two elected officials to do that. We had to have Jocelyn Benson, our Secretary of State, to come in and assist. Now, we have been paying our current, our current clerk over 320000 a year. And she, to me, and I, I was told she's a wonderful person. She may be, but she performs poorly. And so when I think about when I went in on January the 26th to actually sign to be a candidate, and they, I gave the information to them, my ID. At that moment, they should have known, because I'm a disqualified, I'm a write-in candidate. But at that moment, they should have told me right then, you cannot receive petition forms. Your address has not been a, a year. It's not going to be a year of, a, of, of the date of filing. And that's because the Charter, charter 2-101, it gives you that definition of saying that you must be a resident for a year. And I wasn't. And so that's where we created an issue. And that's why it's my drive to even move forward with a write-in. Because a lot of people say I'm crazy about it, like for doing a write-in. But they feel like Doug and one. 
but it was a different it's a different way but i'm doing it because we need change i know i'm a great candidate i know i will be very successful in this position what is your understanding of the duties of the office you are running for so when i look at the office of the clerk and if you go on the city website even the state website it gives a little bit more with the state but with the city website the position is in three different areas the first area is the, the city clerk, she always administers anyone getting elected. So what she does generally is just make sure the person is sworn in. And then the next one is um, the next area what she does, she would go ahead and do the minutes for the meetings. So she does a lot of the minutes for um, the meeting. She helps out with the budget to make sure it's transparent and the, the minutes to be uploaded on the city website. Now, I feel like that area is not done properly, okay, when it's, it should be done a little bit more efficient, meaning it should be transparent for us to see immediately, but it's not. And then the other area, the main area, which this encompasses uh, $10 million of her budget, the Department of Elections chair, that budget is $10 million, and she is over the entire integrity of our vote. And so we already know that part. See, everyone thinks the clerk is just that position. She has three areas. And I can tell you, with that $10 million budget yearly, not even on a um, heavy election year, the same funds are dispersed there. And I always question, where is it going? As of January 1st, last year, 2020, she was, it was vacant, 22 positions. She's supposed to have 110. Where were they? You know, so I questioned a lot. I did a lot of digging because I'm an accountant by day. And so I went in to dig harder. I would love to be in that position to show the translation of what was done improperly. What are your priorities regarding voter education and civic engagement? Oh, my goodness. That's that's wonderful. And I talked about this a lot when people ask me about the voters education we all get the information from the clerk's office six weeks before. This little booklet that tells us everyone who's running six weeks before. And I tell everyone that's unacceptable, especially me being a leader to young adults. They don't understand at that last minute what's going on. So giving voter education quarterly, that newsletter should be out quarterly just for them to understand who they're, who's in office, what they're going for, and also these proposals. So we already know proposals come up constantly. And so that voters' education should even, a card should go out to say, um, you got to check the information. It's so many things in terms of voters' education. And then the civic engagement, me running for this office, I, um, I hosted Donut for Delegates. And that's weird. You know, people be like, donut for delegate. Yeah, we have 349 donut, I mean, delegates, not donuts, but delegates in our community. And we have 329 Democrats and 20 Republicans. I sent a letter on the first day when I announced it to have a donuts for delegates. That's to engage our people. They needed to know what was going on. And when you got there, it was, it was amazing because I did a lot of engagement with them but they had no clue of a lot of things in terms of the budget and in terms of their position so i feel like all precinct delegates should have an office they're they're by far the most important position elected 
They are the ones that engage our community. And they, a lot of them said, I said, when have you ever had a meeting with our incumbent? All of them was like, I've been a delegate for 20 years. I've never seen her like this. You know, they see her, but they don't see her engage as a big group. And it's very important that you engage them. Now, we haven't had a voter turnout of like 67%. Like we haven't had this amount since Coleman Young. That's unacceptable as well. That's why we have to get our youth involved. I, I personally would like to start, when I'm in office, the first thing I would do is engage our high schools. Our 16 and 17 year olds can work immediately for election day. And those are the ones that got the energy. I'm telling you, I told you guys, I knocked on 12,000 doors so far. I wouldn't do it without them. I can't do it. I'm not the one, but they get out there and they know exactly what to do. They really technology driven. So we have to engage our young people. They have to understand why it's important to vote, where their vote is going, and most significantly, it will be counted. What is your plan to protect democracy and the voting rights of Detroiters? First thing is training. So we, we need training. I'm telling you, if that the person that was there on, on January the 26th, if they had proper training, then I would have known right there that I, I would have hold off on running. You know, it would have been some different steps I would have taken. But training for that department, you, you just don't understand how much I went through. I think about in protecting our democracy, even understanding that people know that you got to vote. There's a right. You know, you get discouraged. And um, when you think about the voter suppression, when you think about at a precinct location, when it's time, a polling location, there are 67 of them around the city, every polling time. But you think about why do we have 67 and we had only 40% voter turnout last year? You know, it's a whole lot of things you think about that. And it, it, it doesn't really help the whole process when you think about democracy needs change especially in Detroit, where we have a huge amount of voter suppression and we don't have anyone to engage us to vote. All they told us last year, to me, it was a lot of um, democracy happening for us last year. But when you think about understanding why to vote and who to vote for, that education was not there. And if you're thinking about us protecting that, it means engaging our young people so they'll understand. They felt good about voting. I had so many that felt good about it, but they didn't understand it. And it, the, the protecting the democracy, it means educating us as well. What would you do differently than the current clerk? You're right. I did touch on this. And, that, and I can tell you it's three areas that I would do. And that is for sure train the whole staff, you know, and then be able to assess them because you don't want to, you know, unemploy or fire the, the ones they have because everyone has a purpose, you know, but it is always good to weed out the ones that's not thinking about our democracy, thinking about the change we have. That is one huge thing that we must do, and that will be is just making sure I educate our community as well. So it's training, then it's educating, and then it's even the communication with transparency for our community. Like when I think about even at the end of the night voting, there should be something uploaded on this clerk's website to state what is going on with the tallying of the votes. 
We don't get that. You have to go to the county website. You have to go to the Google. Why don't we have the transparency that we need? It's all over the place. And I can't understand all the money, that $10 million for just the Department of Election, it should go somewhere to voters' education and transparency. What do you see as the future of Detroit? I see the future of Detroit. If we change leadership, and I'm not just talking about the clerk, all around, people that really care about our democracy, people that really care about the future and the well-being of our young people. I see Detroit thriving at an angle where we'll have back to having a million residents. Because I remember that. I was here when we had a million residents in Detroit. It was awesome. It was like you were in a shell because you were crowded. I had a lot of kids running up and down the streets. I was part of the kids running up and down the street. It was a lot of African-American businesses. And they were promoted in a, in a significant way. That would, I would see that change a whole lot in our community. It would change housing you know, significantly. Like right now, you can't even really buy a house the way you, you were able to do when I purchased a new one in 2013. It's a lot of things that need to change. And if we change leadership, a lot of things to change. And our, our young people will understand because they don't understand a lot right now, you know. Why should Detroiters vote for you? Well, Detroit should vote for me as a write-in candidate for so many reasons. And one reason is my integrity. When I think about the honesty of our vote and making sure others understand that you, you cannot buy a vote, your vote was counted, I think about me displaying that would even help people in our community to understand democracy is there. We can trust her. She'll get the job done. And then my education and experience. So my education, what I love to talk about is my experience as well. When I think about this position, you have to be able to commute 150,000 to 300,000 people to get 60% voter turnout. And that's leading up to election day. So six weeks before election, you gotta think about commuting them because their vote matters. So that's their vote. So if, you, if I wanna get to 60%, which is my goal, I would need to be able to do that. And I know for a fact, based on me dealing with projects all around our country and dealing with 30,000 kids that was here in 2015 that cleaned up Detroit, dealing with their transportation, I can do it. I can make people understand that their vote matters, that they can trust in the system. And what I was always told, she can get the job done. We put her in places just because we need change. And so I, I display that. And so I know Detroit will be excited about having me there, having the personality driven to make sure everyone understands they matter.